everybody. If you are here for the very first time and you stayed, God bless you, man. That's amazing. I remember the first time I went to a church like this and heard music like this, and I will not even tell you what I said or what I thought. It was just wrong. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, today's topic, um, building in the storm. Thank you for that Holy Ghost grunt. We don't really like talking about storms. We don't like being in storms. We don't look for storms in our life. But who in this room can raise your hand and say, I've never been through a storm? (laughs) Nobody. If you have raised your hand, we'll pray for you afterwards. We all go through storms. And today I want to talk about what Jesus says about storms how we handle storms, what we do when the storm comes, because it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. So we have to look at what Jesus says about storms because we know we are going to encounter storms. So, so many times, and I'm so privileged to be able to be a part of the healing room here as, as we pray for people on a weekly basis, and I have the honor of being the chaplain at a Ford trucking motor company and, and being a pastor and going around. And so many times I, I get people who ask for prayer and they, they want prayer for something that the Bible says is wrong. And they come and they ask for prayer and they want me to go against the Word, which I can't do. I'm sorry. As much as I love you, I can't do that. I can't pray for what you've just asked me to pray for. And people get very bent out of shape when they come and they're hurting because our hearts are sore or we're going through a tough time and we want comfort and we want God to help us, but we're asking for the wrong thing. So when people's hearts do hurt like that and they come and they're honest to God or seeking an encounter with God, they want God's help, but they're coming from the wrong direction, they're seeing the circumstance or the situation the wrong way, They want to ask prayer, and Jesus is not going to help that prayer that they want. So we have to find out how we need to act in the time of a storm. Hence today's message, building in the storm. So our main scripture reading will be from Matthew 7, verse 24 to 28. Therefore, which is a problem because you can't just start with a therefore. So what we will do just now is we will find out what the therefore is there for. But Jesus says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great 
was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. So, storms in life, we all have them. We were informed by Jesus that they will come. James chapter 1 verse 21 and 22 is really, really important. And we can take a whole service and just go through who James was. But here's a guy who lived with Jesus all of his life. He saw how Jesus acted. He saw what Jesus did. For a while he was one of those who thought Jesus had lost his mind. He didn't want anything to do with his brother. But when Jesus became Lord of his life, he looked back and he remembered everything that Jesus did, everything that Jesus said, every way that Jesus acted. And now there's a whole book that James writes, the brother of Jesus who lived in the same house. And he recalls the thing that his brother did. And James says to us, very, very important, verse 21 and 22 of chapter 1. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now, the problem here is it says receive with meekness. In other words, be humble enough to open your heart and receive the word. This is a problem. Sometimes we don't like the person who's bringing the word. Because we think their life is just good. And, and how many people, when you pray for them, they say, well, you don't know, you don't understand, you don't know what I'm going through. And then they don't want to receive. It's not about me giving the word, it's about the word. It's about receiving the word. Not the person who brings the word, even though that's good. But if you can just receive the word. But people, because they are so hard, they are so hurt, it's easy to say, man, you have no idea, and how do you, and if you were in my shoes, and you don't know what they did, and, and that's not receiving the word. And James says here, if you can humbly open your heart and receive the word, which is the truth, which is the light, then, he says, it will save your soul. He's not talking here about becoming reborn. He's speaking to Christians. But so many Christians have a problem in the soulish realm, hence uh, 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So there are Christians who are living in soul poverty, the flip side of soul prosperity. So this is what James is saying. He says, when you receive with meekness, humbleness, when you are able to say, oh my goodness, I was doing that wrong. Thank you for showing me that. I receive that word into my heart with a humble heart of saying, man, this is the way I saw that circumstance. This is the way I thought I was doing it, but it was wrong. Thank you, and now I receive that, and now my soul will prosper and change. So he's not talking here about heaven and hell. He's talking to Christians, saying to them, guys, if you want your soul to prosper, if you want your life to go well, receive the word humbly. And this is what we are going to do today, receive the word humbly. So James goes on and he says, and this is so important, but be doers of the word. That's what Jesus just said. Don't listen to these words and build on the sand. James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. That's not a nice word in church. Deceive. Because we all believe, man, I'm doing the right thing. I know what I'm doing. 
what is deception? <laughs> Thinking you're doing the right thing, but you're doing the wrong thing. If you were deceived, you wouldn't know that you're doing the wrong thing. That's the bad thing about deception. So James says, yeah, when you hear the word, and you hear the word, and you hear the word, and you don't do it, you get to a place where you become self-deceived. And everybody else is wrong. You, you have no idea. Let me tell you. And you're deceived. You self-deceive. You allow the enemy. And now it's not even, you are self-deceived. You've come to a place where you have allowed yourself to be deceived because you're not receiving the word. That's a bad place to be in. I know because I was there. I was there. Uh, all of these things I can say to you is because I was there. I walked through this stuff. I was so deceived. I was so, forget about the word, you have no idea, it's their fault. Blah. I was there. So I'm talking about experience. But until we can come and open our hearts and say, man, you know what, I thought I was right, but goodness me, thank you Jesus for showing me. I received the word. Life changed. Life got better. Storms did not go away. But the way the storms were handled, was a completely different situation in my life. And now when the storm comes, it's not such a big deal anymore because Jesus taught us how to handle the storms. That's what we want to look at today. So let's not just hear the word, hear the word, hear the word, and not do it because that's a bad place to be in. Okay, just a couple of verses here where um, Jesus just lays it down straight. Uh, John 14 verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So Jesus is saying there are going to be situations and opportunities where your heart's going to be tested and, and it could be troubled. It's going to come. Don't let it be. It's going to happen. Don't let your heart be troubled. That's what we want to do today. Walk out of here and when those things come, I'm not troubled. It's not going to get to me. My heart's not troubled in this. This storm, this is not taking me down. My heart is not troubled. I am certain that God is with me and I'm going to get through this better on the other side. That's what Jesus says. John 15:18. If the world hates you, that's a strong word. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before you. So, if you come across someone and they don't treat you right and they're doing you wrong, and they don't know who you are, and they don't understand your calling, and they don't know what your gifting is, and they're telling you where to go with your talents. They did that with me as well. Don't get bent out of shape. And many of us have a problem with that because, man, you just know, you don't know my calling. You don't know what God has told me. And, you have no, and Jesus says, don't go there. Don't go there. Because if that happens to you, no. That it happened to me as well. But praise God, we have his life in a book. And we can see how he dealt with it. And we can see how he came out better and stronger. And we are here today because of the way Jesus handled his storms. And there are people counting on us, not even knowing it, that the way we handle our storms today is going to make or break them. Because they're going to be looking at us. My children, my, my son in my house is looking at me, how I handle the storms. He's looking at mommy and daddy, how we handle the storms. He's coming to church here, looking how the grown-ups and the church handles their storms. And he wants to see. And what he sees, what the children see, what they see is what they're going to act out. 
So the way you and I handle the storms that come across our path is very, very important for the people that are watching us. That's what Paul writes. He says, you're a walking, living epistle. People are reading you and me every single day, wherever we go. How do you handle the storms? Do you let your heart get troubled? Do people hate you and you get bent out of shape? Don't let it happen because it happened to me as well. John 16:33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Praise Jesus. These things the Master has spoken so that in all these storms and troubled times we can have peace. That's where we want to be. In this world, you will have tribulation. There's not a maybe or if you don't pray enough or if you don't fast enough or if you don't go to... No, no, no. You will have tribulation. doesn't matter how godly you are, how ungodly. The sun, the rain, it comes on the righteous and the unrighteous. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. See, many of us stop there. It's like there isn't behind the comma we erase that in our Bible and we stop there. Because many people go through something and then you'll hear them say, you know, the Bible says we will have tribulation. And then they stop there. Jesus said, but Jesus continued and he said, but, but he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So, the way we handle storms, very, very important. What do we do when the storm comes? Very important in our life. Let's go back to our text. Let's do a little bit of explaining there. The word reads about two people. We read about two groups of people there. It does not say that these people are foolish or that they are wise. Jesus says, I will liken you to a foolish or a wise person. He's not saying you're a fool if you don't do. He's not saying you're wise. He says, I will liken you to a wise man, which is great because some of us are not wise in certain areas. But if we do what Jesus tells us to do, we will get a wise man's results. You don't have to be wise to get a wise man's results. Just do what a wise man would do, and you would get his results. Look at someone who is wise. See how they handle their circumstances, whatever it may be, and learn from them. You don't have to be wise to get a wise man's results. You see someone who goes to the gym for the very, very first, he's not a bodybuilder, but if he watches the bodybuilder, and he sees how he trains, and he sees what he eats, and he sees how often he sleeps, and all, now I understand, depends on if you type A, type B, muscle, I understand all that stuff. But if you start doing what the bodybuilder does, even though you're not a bodybuilder, you will start getting a bodybuilder's results. So, you may be at a place now where you don't think you're very wise, or your family says you're not wise, or you're the brunt of the family, you just, you... You just look for somebody wise and start doing what they did and you will start getting their results, no matter what people say about you. So Jesus does not say, yeah, you're a fool. If you, He says, I will liken you to a fool because we're not fools. We just do foolish things. 
Jesus made no fools, but when we don't obey the word, that's a foolish thing to do, and we will get a fool's results. So Jesus likens us to a wise or a foolish person. In verse 24, Jesus is not referring to himself when he talks about the rock, if you build your house on the rock. It's not capital R. It's not him speaking about the Messiah, build your house upon me. What he's talking here is talking about hearing the word and being obedient to the word. That is the rock. Because he's talking about when you hear the word and you do, you will get certain results. That is the rock. So it's not talking about here people who are not going to, uh, not going to heaven. They're going. He's talking about results that we get from receiving his word and acting it out in obedience. That's the rock he's referring to here. Okay, And just the same in the next verse, he talks about the sand. Okay, Whoever builds his house on the sand, what does sand refer to? In Genesis, God made man out of the dust of the earth. God made man out of the sand, okay, dust. When we build on sand, that sand refers to human wisdom, humanly ways, thinking with the natural mind, okay? If you build your house on the sand, if you build your house on what man says is wise, what man says is right, what man says is the way to go, your house is going to fall. Because human wisdom changes all the time. It's not the same. When I went to school, uh, Nelson Mandela was a terrorist. He was a bad man. He was blah. And then when my brother went to school, he was our president and the most wonderful man that ever walked God's green earth. When I went to school, Pluto was a planet. When I left school, it wasn't a planet anymore. <laughs> History changes. Facts change. And if you want to build your house on manly wisdom, human ideas, that's the sand that man came from in Genesis. And each one of us have fallen into something called the fall of man because of what Adam did. And when you build your house on that, you can be assured that it is going to come down. Okay, so that's what the rock and the sand refers to over there. This is what Jesus refers to just in the previous part there. He says, to enter through the wide gate and the broad way that leads to destruction. Because it's all over now. When we, we, we go through things and then government says this, political parties say this, medicine, the doctors say this, the lawyers say the financial world says this. That road is so broad, it's so wide. And do you think the government, I don't care whether you're right, left, middle, center, whatever, they don't have the answer right now. It's just, oh my goodness, they do not have the answer. But that's a very, very wide gate. And when you take out the word and you say, this is what Jesus has to say about this circumstance, very, very few people want to hear that. That gate is narrow, but praise God, it's an amazing gate. That's, an, that's the only gate we walk through. We look for the narrow in every circumstance because it's easy to go through the wide and so many people come over here, there's more, the more, the merit. No, 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 you go your way, brother. The narrow way, the narrow gate. This is what Jesus is talking about here, the wide or the narrow. It's so easy to listen to the doctor. Praise God for doctors. But when a doctor comes to you and says, there's no help, 
You've just reached your end and Jesus has just started where he begins. Where you can't do anything more, he will take over there and he will do the rest. When they say, man, your financial situation is so bad, there's no ways you are going to get out of this. Well, I'm just sorry because my God will provide all my needs. Thank you for your advice. Thank you for your years of study. I appreciate that. But the narrow gate says, I'm in Christ. I'm seated in heavenly places. It may not seem like it right now, but this is not the end. Let him finish my story. Watch the end of this book. It may not be a pretty chapter right now, but we're not finished writing yet. Okay. So, the wide gate. Proverbs 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Doesn't, it can also mean physical death here, yeah? but it doesn't have to mean your spirit leaving your body death. It can mean death in your finances. It can mean death in your health. It can mean death in your home. There's no peace. There's always fighting. There's strife. There's just not anything good going on in the house. That's what it can mean as well. And the problem with people who, who do psychiatry and things like that, they, they get their information from books other than the book. And so many times we follow that because we're just grasping for anything. We're in such a, a bad position in our life and we're doing things that Jesus said we, we should never ever do. And that's not a good place to be in. And that's that broad road. It seems right to a man. Once again, we all come from Adam. It's called the fall of man. And we do things because we brought up in that system. And I'm going to do what I think is right, what I learned, what I was told is right, without really, really many, many times going to the Word and finding out what He says is right. And that's the problem. Um, see, we are born into Adam and his nature is the opposite of God. Adam's nature was the opposite. And, and people who act in that way are still doing the same as what Adam did hiding from the truth, fearful of the light, things that are done in darkness. You don't want everyone to see what you're doing, therefore you're hiding what you're doing in the dark. And that's what Adam did, and people today are still doing the same over and over again. Blaming other people for what we did wrong. Adam, you and the, the woman... Not me. Don't look at me. How dare you even think? And people still do that today. It's called the way of man. The way that seems right to a man. But the ends thereof are the ways of death. And because we were brought up that way, when we went to school, people taught us. Our parents, many of us didn't have godly parents who taught us the word. Most of us didn't learn the way that Jesus told us to go. We learned the way that seemed right to a man. And we got into a lot of trouble because of that. So when we come into storms and we don't do what we should be doing, the storm just gets bigger and worse. So we like Adam. We don't like to take responsibility. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Neither are our ways his ways. That's why he says in Isaiah 55:11, he says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. But he says to us, That is why I've given you my word. And you will be like a wise man. If you obey my word and do my word, you will get a wise man's results. Because, child, I've given you my word that cannot return to me void. 
It cannot. It will accomplish that for which it was sent. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I gave it. That's an amazing promise. The God of the universe who cannot lie says to you and I, my word will not return to me void. When you take my word, you speak my word, you act it out, you will get a wise man's results. And the storm that you are going through now, it shall pass and your house will still be standing. And people will look at you and they will say, how is it possible because my house, I'm your neighbor, my house went down. What did you do? What building materials did you build from? Where did you get your things to build that house? And there's the answer. I just obeyed what God told me to do. That's why the storm did not take me out. So God gives us his word. So it's our choice if we want to build on the rock and have our house standing after the storm, or it's our choice to build on sand and have the house fall down. God doesn't make that choice. He's given us freedom of choice. But he says to you, here's my word, and you do with it what you want. I hope you obey. He says, that's why I've given it to you. It will not return void. I'm giving it to you. I don't need it. But I'm giving it to you so that you can have my results. Speak the words that I said. Speak the words that the Father said. Do what I tell you to do, and you will have my results. That's what Jesus is saying. The part before this, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Matthew seven twenty one, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now surely Jesus cannot be saying here, I don't know who you are. Who are you? Where do you live? Man, he can't be saying that. Because in your mother's womb, he had his hands on you. And he put your personality, your talents, your gifts, everything you need to fulfill your destiny and your path is on the inside of you right now. So you can't be saying, I, I don't know who you are. Gabriel, Ga- Ga- who in the world did one slip us by? He's not saying that. This word is the Greek word ginosko, and we've spoken about this before, which just means to have an intimate relationship. So Jesus here is saying, go away from me because even though you call me Lord, you and I did not have an intimate, close relationship. You were busy. You were doing the things. But where was the time that you and I spent together? Just you and I. That's what he's talking about. And if you look at this word used in other places, it's not saying get away from me, I didn't know you. That word literally means, um, I'll just get the right here. It says, I never approved of your conduct. That's what it means. Not I didn't know you. 
what he's saying is, I, I didn't approve of your conduct. In other words, that's what you, that what you are doing, doing, doing didn't come from me. Yet you call me Lord. Lord means master. Master speaks, child does. But you call me Lord and you're doing all these things because my name is above every name. Yes, the demons will flee in my name. That's just the way it is. But I didn't call you to do that. So you were busy, but I didn't approve of your conduct. I didn't have a close, close relationship with you. Many reasons for that. We get too busy with things instead of our relationship with him. And then things go wrong because we're doing things he didn't tell us to do. So this is why Jesus says, I didn't know you. It's not that I've never known where, because he made, even before time began, he chose our name and he made us then. So he's saying, I didn't approve of what you're doing. That's what he's saying there. Because you see, you can still be married. You can still sleep in the same bed as somebody and not have intimacy. You can live in the same house, never talk to each other. You can come in from work because you're providing, sit down on the couch, watch some TV, and the meal is there because you've got to cook for, and you do all the right things, but in the wrong manner. And there's no intimacy, even though you're still married. And you can be married for benefits, tax benefits, medical benefits. Maybe, you know, the kids, when the kids are older, we don't have to stay together. So you're married, you're still together, you're doing things, but for the wrong reason. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Don't be married, my bride, to me and doing things because you want to skip hell. Don't do things because you want to go to heaven. Don't do things because you want to lay hands on the sick and see, wow, man, this guy is so anointed. Don't, don't do things because you and I are intimate. Do, do what I tell you to do and then it's going to work because there's a grace for that. And so many people are doing things what they're not called to do there's not a grace in that, and now it's difficult. And you wake up and you say, oh my God, I've got to go to work today again. Instead of praise God, I get to go to my assignment. And Jesus says to that person, I never knew you. I have got such a perfect, marvelous, wonderful, splendid plan for you that is bigger than you can ever dream or imagine. I am able to do exceedingly above and beyond what you can imagine or think. And that's my desire as a daddy for you. But so many times we do things that he did not call us to do and then we say, well, didn't I do this and this and this, but it was in the wrong manner. And that's when he says, depart from me because I didn't have that relationship with you. Okay. In Genesis, we have a law. That God puts in place. And his law, this is not the law of stop at the red light law. This is a law, spiritual law, which are amazing. And when we obey these laws, things just work out well. I'm going to need a, some volunteers here. But in Genesis, we know that God puts a law into motion and he says, Every seed shall bring forth after its own kind. We all understand that. A father and a mother get together. They bring forth a seed. A human comes. You bring forth any seed you planted in the ground. Whatever's on the inside of that seed is going to come out. Every seed will bring forth after its own kind. We understand that. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. 
since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So you and I have been reborn from an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. Every seed brings forth after its own kind. You and I are born again from incorruptible seed, okay? Which is the word. Jesus lives in us, okay? So now... Um, do we have any of the, the youth here? Do we have of the youth here? No, we don't. So I'm just going to have to pick some guys. Oh, there we have. Can you please come over here and help me? There we have your, your mommy. Just stand, stand there with that packet like that. Thank you so much. Nick, please come. I said to Nick when he comes that I'm going to pull him up to the front. And Nick is visiting. He is a, a mechanic at uh, the Ford place that I work, he has an anointing with ambulances. For some other reason, when I get there, he's working on an ambulance. So this week he was working on a truck. I thought he was lost. I said, the ambulance is on the other side of the... You're at the wrong place. So there's Nick. Um, Jay, please, over here. And Scott, can you help me as well? Just stand there. Okay. Every seed produces after its own kind. Okay. Now, if you would just take what you have in your hand. What do you have there? Watermelon. Watermelon. Orange. Orange. Grapes. Grapes. Orange. Orange. Okay. Now, what do you think? Okay, this is a very difficult question because we, we, we really have to get to the root of this. If you squeeze that watermelon, that bag, what do you think is going to come out? Juice. Juice. What juice? Watermelon juice. Okay. If she squeezes the watermelon, watermelon juice is going to come out. That one? Orange juice. Grape juice. Minute made. Minute made. You good. Orange. Okay. Orange juice. Minute made orange juice. Okay. Whatever you squeeze, when you squeeze it, that juice, what is ever on the inside of that should come out. So we can see clearly watermelon, orange, grapes, orange. Okay. Would you please squeeze your fruit? All of you, squeeze that fruit. In the packet, don't mess on the floor. Okay. Right. Squeeze it, squeeze it. Yeah, don't pop it, squeeze it. Okay. Right. Okay. Now, open your bag and smell if that is what you thought it was. We need to make sure here. Okay, what is, what is that? Watermelon juice. Watermelon juice. Like we thought, like we said. Watermelon juice. It's orange juice. Grape juice. Orange juice. Okay, thank you so much. If you could just close those packets nicely and put them on the stage. Thank you so much. Could we give them a hand, please? Thank you, guys. Okay. 
having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So, we knew that when you squeeze the orange, orange juice is going to come out. Because wouldn't it be weird if you squeeze the orange and mango juice came out? Wouldn't it be just so wrong if you squeezed the grape and cranberry juice came out? Wouldn't it be a perversion? Perverted. If you squeeze the watermelon and orange juice came out, it would go against the law of every seed brings forth after its own kind. So now, we knew that in the natural, when you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. You and I, child of God, have what on the inside of us? The Holy Ghost, heaven juice, Christ, the Word. So, in a storm, in a trial, when you and I get squeezed, sometimes it's a perversion. Sometimes it's perverted. Because when you squeeze an orange, we can all laugh, ha, 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 orange juice is going to come out. When you squeeze a Christian, when the enemy comes and he lays his hand on you and he squeezes, he should know that only one thing is going to come out of you. No matter how hard he squeezes, no matter how hard he pushes, no matter how long he's got his grip on you. But he, he should know that when I squeeze this, like we laughed at the orange and the watermelon and the grape, only one thing can come out of you and me. That's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And the problem in a storm or a trial when we get squeezed and people look at us to see what's going to come out, when the demon stands and squeezes you and he sees, oh my Lord, there's a perverted one. There's a perversion because they filled with love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, patience, long-suffering, all of that, and self-control. Yet, hate, disappointment, anger, bitterness, jealousy is coming out. So let's squeeze a little bit more. And we handle storms the way Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. And you see, when I went through a storm, my storm was waiting for you to act right so that my day could go better. And when you acted wrong my day and I was all bent out of shape, yet on the inside of me I carried love, joy, peace. I had that. Yet all the time the joy of the Lord was my strength. But you determined my day. And that's not what Jesus says, how we go through a storm. And so many times when we get squeezed, Christ does not come out. And that should be as perverted as lemon juice coming out of an orange. So Jesus went through some storms. And every single time, what came out? 
the father, the father, the father. You slap me, pull out my hair, beat me, cross, put me on a cross, nail block the father, the father, the father. And that is what should come out when you and I are squeezed by the enemy. Because God doesn't squeeze you in a test and I'm going to get you. He grows us. He doesn't squeeze and put those things on us. But the enemy does. And when the enemy squeezes, Jesus' juice should come out. And that's many, many times what is not happening. And what you do when you do that is you just put a huge bullseye on your back. And you say to the enemy, I'm just, if you squeeze me, something other than Christ is going to come out. And he loves that. So you're walking around with a target on your back. And you're one of those that Jesus said, the wide gate, building on the sand, my child, that house will fall. But if you do my word, hear my word and do it, obey the word, you will build on the rock. And I always used to think when I was a baby Christian and I read this the first time, two houses were standing, what made the house fall? I always said the storm. The storm made the house fall. There are two houses. Why did the house fall? Because of the storm. The storm did not make the house fall because both houses went through the storm. If it was the storm, both houses would go down. But one house was still standing. So it was not the storm that took the house down. It was building on the wrong foundation that took the house down. And I was one of those on the wrong foundation, on the wrong foundation. And God, by his grace, allowed me to fall and build another house, fall, build another house, until I got sick and tired of building the same house over and over again. And then he said, why don't you just try this? And I'm still trying, and praise God, the houses are getting bigger, and they're standing more, and they're getting better, and we're going to be building houses even in heaven one day. But the quicker we learn that when we get squeezed to act like Jesus did, the quicker it will be very, very well with us. And we won't walk around with that bullseye on our back. Look at Jesus. How did he react? Let's, for time's sake, the worst storm that Jesus could go through, the crucifixion. Okay. Man, he, he, he could have said something there. I mean, this is squeezing to the max. And look at Jesus. Luke 23, verse 32 to 34. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. You see, when the enemy squeezed Jesus, (laughs) love, joy. Peace, Father, came out. Up until the point where they're standing at the bottom of the cross and they say, man, he saved others. Why don't you save yourself? Get off. Can you imagine if Jesus said, okay, I'll show you who's right. Let me get off here and I'll show you what your future is if I don't stay on this cross. You want me to? Let me show you. You see, Jesus was just and right in everything he did, but the Father never gave him the right to defend himself. The father never said, okay, now you let them have it and you tell them who you are and how wrong they are. So many times we go into a storm having to explain to the others, how dare you, who are you, you are so wrong. Let me tell you a thing or two. Squeeze, and that's not Jesus coming out. And When we get squeezed, there should be one thing. If it's people, they probably just don't know how amazing you are. 
They don't know who you are. That's why they say the things to you. And if they truly knew who they were in the first place, they wouldn't be speaking and acting in that way. Therefore, Father, like Jesus said, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. And that is how, I mean, for time's sake, we'll only do this one little storm. But when people act wrong against us and we go through those kind of storms, let Jesus come out. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Let's lay down our lives in those kind of storms. Let this seed die so that it can bring forth of itself. And that is what building in a storm, we will stop there for today. But let us look how Jesus walked through storms. And let us walk the same because that is a seed from which we come. That is the orange seed that we squeeze. We are built and we are made from the Jesus seed on the inside. That's all that should come out when the enemy squeezes us. And if we build in a storm like that, child of God, life will be much better because our houses will not fall over and over and over again. We don't have to rebuild and rebuild and rebuild and say, God, where are you? I thought your word said, why are you not helping? And all the time he says, because you're on sand, you're building on human ideas and human wisdom. And every single time you build on that foundation, that house will come down. Build on my word. Okay? We'll end there for today, guys. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us your word. And with that word comes the promise that your word will never return to you void. But it will accomplish that for which you sent it and it will prosper for the thing that you have made it to do. So we thank you that we have your word. Thank you, Jesus, that we have you in a book that we can read and see how you walked and dealt with every storm. That because you knew who you were, because you knew who the Father was, and because you knew who man was in every storm that that you came through, you just let God, God's love, God's light, God's life come through you. So Holy Spirit, thank you that you are on the inside of us. Thank you that where we go, you go with us. So that When we do get squeezed, you are there to say, let me come out. Let me come through this circumstance in your life. We thank you that you love us and you've given us the power to do this. That we can build in a storm so that our house shall not fall down, but it will stand. So that every storm that passes by your grace it will pass and we will still be there because we are in Christ on the rock. We bless you and we love you. We thank you for this day. We praise you, Lord. We love you. We're not ashamed to be called children of God. We're not ashamed to look for that narrow gate. We don't look for anything else, Lord, but your ways. In you we live and breathe and have our being. How can we do it any other way but yours? Thank you for your grace upon our lives, your love and your mercy. Everything we ask today, Lord, we ask and we receive right now, Lord, that we will handle storms differently the way you do, because we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you need prayer, please come to the front. We have people that would love to pray with you.